Good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is Pastor Julie Lewis from Asbury United Methodist Church in Smyrna, Delaware, where we share the love of God and the good news of Jesus Christ in all we do. Good morning, it's Pastor Julie, and we are reading from two different scriptures this morning. Um, We are celebrating the baptism of Jesus this Sunday, and the scriptures we are reading are Genesis 1, 1 through 5, and Mark 1, 4 through 11. Let's begin with Genesis. In the beginning, when the God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And from the Gospel of Mark. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, God. So it may seem that these two scriptures have very little to do with one another, that they're telling two very different stories. But when we take a closer look, we can see that they have much in common and that these two stories are more similar than we imagine. So I'm going to reread these scriptures in a way that will demonstrate what I mean. Please listen once again to the reading of the scriptures. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, he proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. 
And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending on a dove like a dove on him. And God saw that it was good. And a voice from, came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you. I am well pleased. To recap, there are two beginnings, the beginning of creation and the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. God creates the heavens and earth to prepare the way for new life on the planet. And God sends a messenger to prepare the way for Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. The earth was a formless void, a place of chaos and darkness. John the Baptist calls people to the wilderness, speaking of a world filled with the chaos and darkness of sin. A wind of God sweeps over the waters of creation, while the wind of the Spirit blows over the waters of the Jordan in Christ's baptism. God's first command was, let there be light. While our baptism story sees the light of the world walk into that wilderness. God separates the light from the darkness, calling one day and the other night. And for this element of these stories, we see something different in the baptism story. Instead of separating the earth and heavens, light and darkness, God tears open the heavens, connecting heaven and earth. In the creation story, God saw that it was good. A voice from heaven says, this is my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. Night and day, the first day. Heavens torn open and the spirit comes down the first day of Jesus' ministry. And we know that just as the first day of creation was the beginning of new life in Christ's baptism, it is the beginning of the promise of new life to humankind. One, the story of physical creation. The other, the story of spiritual creation. So what exactly is creation? What is involved? What does it really mean? Well, let me start with a little joke. It happened somewhere off in the future that a group of scientists got together and decided that humankind had come a long way and no longer needed God. So they picked one scientist to go and tell him that they were done with him. The scientist walked up to God and said, God, we've decided we no longer need you. We're to the point that we can clone people and do many miraculous things, so why don't you just go on and get lost? God listened very patiently and kindly to them. After the scientist was done talking, God said, very well, how about this? Let's say we have a human-making contest. To which the scientist replied, okay, great. But God added, now we're going to do this just like I did back in the old days with Adam. The scientist said, sure, no problem, and bent down and grabbed himself a handful of dirt. God looked at him and said, no, no, no. You make your own dirt. I think that's profoundly funny, but it points to the fact that the words create and creation can have varied meanings. When we speak about creation in general, at the beginning, we believe that God created everything that is ex nihilo, which in Latin means out of nothing. God was not created by any power. God has existed for all time, and what God created came solely through God's power alone, out of nothing. 
In our laws of physics, we know that the total amount of mass in the universe remains constant. It just changes forms depending on what forces are exerted on it. This is the science teacher in me coming out. If the scientist in our joke had been successful in making a living, breathing human being from the dust, he or she would only have taken material already present and just changed its form. That's the real joke for those who didn't get it. God is the only power in the universe that can create new material. Human beings can only make something new out of something already in existence. Yet we can be creative and we can create. To create can mean, like creating in the universe, to bring into existence. A different meaning for create is to produce or bring about by a course of action or behavior. Human beings can and do every day create new things and bring new ideas to life. We see that all the time. That's been one of the biggest blessings of this global pandemic, in my opinion, <clears throat> to see the amazing creativity of people and how it has come to life just to help us get through this challenging time and do things differently. One minor example would be the birthday parade. We can't have birthday parties but someone had the idea of driving by someone's home and honking horns and waving from their decorated cars to show the love, and the birthday parade was born. Another example would be the many companies that made one product and then had to turn everything around to make PPE and ventilators for hospitals. Imagine what had to happen in order to do that so quickly. People are so creative. But it's not easy. It's one thing to have a creative idea. It's another to make it come to life. Think about that factory that had to be turned upside down to make something totally new. Workers needed to be retrained. All the machinery had to be reworked and redesigned. Different supplies were needed. Warehouses emptied and restocked, changing schedules, possibly new safety protocols and equipment. Creating something new out of something already here is hard. Change is not easy on any level. Change on this scale is painful and difficult. When God created the earth, no matter how you believe that happened, molecules were being rearranged, substances were separated, the surface of the earth was reshaped, and when that happens at any level today, we call that earthquakes. What I'm saying is that creation is a violent act. Something new arises out of it, but it comes out of pain and struggle. This aspect of creation is reflected in how we enter this world. We come into this world through pain. Women are indeed co-creators with God, but that act of creation comes with intense pain. We call them labor pains. Every time we resolve to do something new, to change something about our lives, it is an act of creation. When we decide to lose weight, we let old eating habits die, and that can be painful and hard. When we decide to get our finances under control, it can be rather painful, and it changes us. All those things will be for our good, to help bring us closer to what we aspire to be, but it's never easy and never without some sort of pain. To coin a phrase, no pain, no gain. And if we're honest, to get something new, Something has to die. So when we look more closely at the baptism of Jesus through the lens of creation, 
Maybe we can more fully understand what is actually happening. At creation, God makes order out of the chaos and brings it to life. It is an act of violence that leaves nothing the same as when God's spirit hovers over the waters of that dark and formless void. We often picture Jesus' baptism as a beautiful, serene moment in time. But this, too, was an act of creation, a violent act. God is recreating, moving to return the whole creation back to its original design. His son was born into the world in the same way, with the same labor pains as the rest of humanity. He has suffered from the hardships of regular, normal life in the same way as those around him. Yet Jesus, God himself, walks into our darkness, the wilderness of chaos and sin, as a beacon of light and steps into the same dark and dirty waters as the rest of us. Jesus gets his feet wet. He has not sinned, but he willingly steps into the chaos, into God's birthing room to give new life to the world through his baptism. The Spirit once again hovers over the waters of creation, and now, though the heavens are torn open, ripped apart in a single violent act of creation to bring heaven and earth together, making a way for God and all of creation to be one. And every act of creation or recreation, something has to die in order for something new to be born. For Jesus, this meant that his time of waiting was over. His new life, a life of teaching and ministry, a life that would ultimately change everything, recreating the world and bringing chaos back into order, was now beginning. There was no going back. The former things had passed away. And the new had come. You see, baptism is an act of divine creation. An act of bringing new life into the world and giving birth to that new life can be painful, hard, and beautiful all at the same time. If we are Christian, most likely we have been baptized. What did that mean to you? Somewhere along the way, we turned it into just a ritual to be completed, a happy occasion that warranted a potluck luncheon and handshakes and hugs all around. Yes, baptism is a momentous occasion in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ, but we must never forget that baptism is an act of creation. And creation is a violent act that takes what is present, tears it open, and brings heaven down to make it new. When we are baptized, the water represents dying to ourselves and rising to new life in Christ. We are consenting to allowing the Spirit to, in the words of David from Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. We are given new life, but there are labor pains. As God rids us of those bad habits, the ways we have been unloving, the plans we have for our lives, and let God use the Spirit to reshape us into his image, it can be painful to change our old habits as we begin to love our enemies and put away 
our anger and fear. Walking with Jesus into the mission field, allowing the Spirit to change the way we see people, the way we think, and to begin the process of being recreated into the people we were meant to be is not an easy road. It is not for cowards. Jesus says, it's like picking up your cross and carrying it with him. Carrying a cross is not easy. It takes courage to let God recreate us, to be born again. But after the hardship, beyond the pain and struggle comes that new life, and it makes our joy complete. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 8. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption the redemption of our bodies, for in hope we are saved. Creation is an act of violence, yes, but it is ultimately an act of salvation. Creation gives life. And when we are reborn, recreated in Christ, we have eternal life. This is why we can allow it to happen, to have the conviction and the courage to let the Spirit continue changing our hearts and minds because we have the hope that what God is doing within us is beautiful. And when he comes, we, will, we know we will be like him. We know that in Christ, life and love never end. Baptism is God's assurance that he is with us, that we are God's children, and we are being recreated in his image. In our baptism, we step into the same muddy waters that Jesus stepped into so long ago. The same waters that every person of faith has stepped into before us and will after us. The waters of baptism join us together as one, one with God and one with each other as we are recreated into the body of Christ. We should never see baptism as just another church ritual, but always as an act of creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 reminds us, So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. When we have someone step forward in faith to be made new through the waters of baptism, we can see it for what it is, an act of creation. Whenever you see water, think about your body and how it cannot live without water. 
Think about the God who uses water to wash away what is old and unclean, to let things die in order to make us new and give us new life. If you have been baptized, think about what that has meant for you in your life. How are you different today? What has changed in you? Remember your baptism and be thankful. If you haven't taken the step to be baptized, maybe now is the time to consider what that would mean for you. Let those things that need to die in you get washed away in the waters of baptism. Be recreated by the Spirit of God as God takes your chaos and gives it order and purpose, meaning, and beauty. Then rise to new life in Christ. Let today be for you the first day, the first day of your new life in Christ. Amen.